My friends, what lays before you is the myriad knowledge of an unfathomable universe. Join our intrepid remembrancers as they explore the heresy as history. From deep within the farthest reaches of the great library of Tiska, we are the Heresy Grad School. So said the War Master in his wisdom. Go forth, my sons, and illuminate them. For many years, all that was known of the tragedy that befell the worlds of the Nostromo sector were rumours and half-truths, as these documents we have seen previously show. Yet, in the later years of the scouring, that last gasp of the Horus heresy that has so bled the Imperium Carmel, new discoveries would come to light. On the bleak, icy plains of Caleth, deep in the ancient heartlands of Nostramo's old fiefdom, a ship was discovered, the Shroud of Eventide, the vessel of Aphian of the Chiroptera. This ship, destroyed in the same fires that had engulfed the Nostramo sector, still bore the touch of the enemy that had laid it low, stored within its frozen hulls. Marked by the Ninth Legion for salvage during their initial return to the sector, in 017M31, it was not until 020M31, in preparation for the coming edict of the second founding, that the warriors of the Ninth returned to claim their prize. In the process of raising the Hulk, the Blood Angels sought to extract and purge all remaining data records cleansing the taint of the ship's traitorous origins, and in doing so unearthed the final moments of the battle over Caleth, of Aphian's last victory, and another glimpse of those who brought him low. As ordered by Legion Command, elements of the Ninth Chapter, the Angel's Vermilion, has supervised the raising of the wreck of the Shroud of Eventide and seeing to the cleaning and rededication of the hulk that it may serve the sons of Sanguinius, that yet remain with honour. Our task here is complete, yet some of the information retrieved from the hulk's damaged data course warrants a separate report, that it may find its way into the hands of those who might recognise its import. Alright, so let's go ahead and get into this uh, audio log, guys. Alright, well... We're back with the Blood Angels, um, and I think this field report is significant for a number of reasons. Um, it's the second timestamp we have, we're now four years into the future, um, four years further into the scouring, and we have... Uh, Captain Varsaris, who's been promoted to Praetor Varsaris. And that's really important because we don't, we've lost the company designation. So we're, we're no longer dealing in the 33rd Company, 9th chapter. We are dealing with just the 9th chapter. And I think that's, I think that's a huge 
Easter egg because as you read through um, sort of the deployment analysis, he says, as ordered by Legion Command, elements of the ninth chapter, the angels vermilion, have supervised the raising of the wreck. So the angels vermilion are one of the first founding chapters. Um, we know that uh, they're they're in the they have a color scheme. Uh, they're in the old lore. Uh, it's 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 just a really really cool Easter egg that you know Alan Bly slipped in there. I think it's safe to assume that uh, now Praetor Varsaris is the chapter master, the first chapter master of uh, the Angel uh, Angels Vermilion, and uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's that's huge because we've now we. We're starting to see how the Codex Astartes is being um, being implemented. See, I I don't know for some reason I always thought it was interesting that that he's a so he's a praetor here, but for some reason I thought that um, the rank of praetor for some reason started to go away into. I guess 40k in this case, or I could be wrong, but no, Pat. I think you're right. I think um, the designation Praetor or the rank Praetor mm -hmm. um, is not usually seen in 40k because um, the 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 chapter master sort of takes over, right? So your chat, if you are a chapter master. Um, a chapter of space marines, then you know you probably would have been a praetor back in you know the days of the Horus Heresy, right? Um, right. Because I think now it goes chapter master and then captain, right? Or am I? Or is it? I feel like there's a command rank in between um, chapter master and and captain, but I could be wrong. Jason, I don't know. I, I think it's sort of captain and then there are sort of various roles that you have, right, within the chapter. So you'd be a captain of um, the fleet, right, the fleet master. Uh, you'd be a captain of, um, I don't know, whatever else. But I feel like... Master the fleet, uh, master of our, uh, the armory. Yeah. Yeah. Like a quartermaster role. Yeah, they do tend to get like more specialized like that it's kind of an interesting integration but yeah but here so here you know we're still early days of the implementation of the of the codex astartes and you know the, these are blood angels that are way out in the eastern fringe still operating in the Nostromo sector as part of this reclamation task force. So, yeah, I feel like, you know, they're still going to hold on to some of the old ways, but also, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's cool that we start to see how these chapters uh, begin to sort of become unique, you know, and, and self-identify. And then we're going to go on and see how they 
sort of refit and rearm and build themselves back up because in the aftermath of the horse heresy and the scouring, um, you know, these, these, uh, chapters now of Legionis Astartes space Marines are kind of, you know, if you can find it and you can salvage it, then you can have it. Right. And it's, it's, um, it's interesting. Yeah, it does. I do think it does a really good job of illustrating how much things have changed. Uh, these aren't massive legions with, you know, near infinite supply lines anymore. Um, they've essentially been reduced to these either by necessity or from, uh, you know, Gulliman's decree. Uh, they've been reduced into these tiny, almost autonomous forces. And each one almost seems like, you know, it's kind of, you know, vying for itself. Um, the Angels of Vermilion are out here trying to, like, pull this ship together and raise it and uh, cleanse the taint of the ship's traitorous origins. Because, not because they want to, like, partially because they want to see what's going on, but also because they really need the supplies, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely, Jason. I mean, I, perfect, right? Um, they need the ship, and you know, I think they're also. This is this is now the enlightened um, Imperium, right? This is the an Imperium that knows that there are uh, demons, and you know what lies behind the the warp is not just you know, some ma malign Xenos influence, right? These are space marines that were probably there uh, at the Siege of Terra. They, you know, they may have been on the wall, um, but they've certainly fought through the anarchy and the, the, the Horus heresy and seen uh, the, the influence of the chaos powers. And so, yeah, I think cleansing a, um, a ship of uh, traders it, it it's it is significant um you know you you've got to do that and so i think all of those superstitions all of those rights all of those um this is this is the these are the initial um sort of impetus of of uh where the things we think of in the 41st millennium, 40K, um, you know, this is, these are their origins. Speaking of origins too, I think it does a good, I think it does a really good job of kind of mirroring uh, with the Blood Angels, which we're getting a direct report from here, kind of mirroring what's going on across the way for the traders too. Because... Uh, the traders are also, especially with the night lords, it's really evident they're essentially breaking down into these tiny war bands, uh, each of which you know has its own leader. And uh, the only reason that, um, well, it's one of the big reasons, not the only reasons that uh, the Ash and Claw have been able to kind of separate these individual war bands because they're not at legion strength anymore. They're kind of separating them and destroying them in these tiny pockets. And it's almost kind of like this mirror, I don't know, not irony, but 
poetic coincidence, I guess, that while the Night Lord's Legion is breaking up into these tiny, individually run warbands, uh, the Blood Angels themselves are breaking up into tiny, individual warbands because of the, you know, Codex Astartes being implemented here. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. It's almost like a it's like a natural status quo is establishing itself uh, in the in the galaxy for the next ten thousand years. Um, that's yeah, it's really interesting, and the sort of diametrically opposed forces are just gonna kind of battle it out at uh, more or less you know equal strength uh, for the next. Uh, you know, 10,000 years, but yeah, it's good. It's good. Well, should we uh, continue on? Should we get into the rest of this uh, salvage report? Absolutely. So uh, a little further down here under primary objective for the salvage report, uh, this part is kind of small, but really interesting because um, speaking on the wreck of the Shroud of Eventide, uh, it talks about like the damage it suffered during at least one super intense void duel, uh, but the internal uh, processors, they've suffered severe damage, but it, it was intentional sabotage after the craft had basically been scuttled. So while the, uh, well, I guess actually they'd be the Adeptus Mechanicus now, wouldn't they? Because they're you know, loyalist, and they've been inducted onto the Council of Terra. Uh, but a loyalist Mechanicus had managed to piece together very, very fragmentary but useful data uh, around the final battle of the Shroud of Eventide. And it goes a pretty far way into showing that the traitors are almost in the same position the loyalists are at this point, but like we we're talking about from drastically different means. Uh, the loyalists are heading into, uh, what do they call it, the uh, implementation for the second founding. So they've been broken up into chapters. Meanwhile, the night lords are kind of pointing in every different direction. Uh, a lot of the e Legion has basically fallen just to building these tiny little warbands, uh, each of which have commanders that dispute each other, that dispute the Chiroptera. And that's what uh, Ophian had set out to do, is to kind of assemble in that same old, you know, uh, Genghis Khan way, uh, join us or die, to piece together parts of the fragmentary Legion, enough of which to, one, hang on to... Uh, his new authority as one of the new Chiroptera, but also to have sufficient force to bring together something that would be useful to help out Sevatar. So he's basically going through the Nostromo sector to try and piece together those little bits of the Legion that still kind of want to fight to aid Sevatar and Horus, but the problem is not only are these little pocket empires in the Nostrama sector cropping up, but he's also getting this from the other side of those, um, you know, mysterious 
you know, installations and everything being destroyed that we've been talking about for the last several episodes. Uh, from Ophian's view, there's uh, rumors of this rogue crusade fleet that are essentially attacking small, lightly defended outer worlds and really exploiting this sort of inner combat between the Eighth Legion. So they're essentially slicing off tiny portions of these warbands one by one. But even to the Night Lords, it seems odd because they're not trying to hold these worlds or to reinforce loyalists. They're just destroying piece by piece as they go through the Nostromo sector. And uh, Ophian closes here by saying, uh, regardless of their intentions, which are uncertain, uh, they'll be destroyed so that my task may be accomplished without delay. So it's kind of like, whose version of Total War will win out at this point, or War of Attrition? Um, Essentially, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, always, hey, you think you can kill my brothers? I'm going to kill them faster. Um, but yeah. right. I mean, they're essentially all trying to piece together every tiny remnant of like supply and reinforcement that they can to, well, in Ophian's case, to try and reinforce the Warmaster whatever, with whatever he can piece together. In the Ashen Claw's case, they're essentially just, you know, rolling back through the Nostroma sector, destroying whatever's within their power to do so. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is good because this is also going to shine a light into the dark of the outer rim, right? The dregs of Akam Sothas, you know, which I'm just trying to find it if we have any uh, other information about that in, um, in crusade. So I haven't really gone down the rabbit hole on this yet, full disclosure, but I'm hoping to find, um, you know, some, some Easter eggs in book nine, uh, of, of maybe where some of these events took place, but let's be honest, Dave, it, if it has a place on a map, you'll find it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I do love maps. <laughs> I mean, that's definitely a well-known fact. So, yeah, if it's uh, if it's on a map, I'm gonna gonna hunt it down. Jason, so all of this is post. Or, sorry, go ahead. Um, wasn't Akam Selfos sounds really familiar? Was that where Korax tried to kill off like the remains of his Terran legionaries? It sounds really, really familiar. Yeah, Dave and I are going to have to do a deep dive on this and figure out exactly what's going on. I do feel like this this little transcript from um, Ophion is pretty telling, and it makes. Because I just finished up uh, part of the Night Night Lords trilogy, and it just makes everything like come into focus more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, just because like the amount of hate, like he's trying to unite them, but also at the same time, like I now understand the amount of hatred and spite between the the different war bands that um, 
that you come across in that in that series. No, but the the scouring was not a, not a good time for for anybody. Oh, hey. All right, I just checked this out for like a very light wiki skim. And yeah, the uh Battle of Gate 42 where uh Korax tried to off a lot of his Terran legionaries that was in fact uh in the Akum Sothos cluster. Which, yeah, I guess we're in the exact same place near the Ghoul Stars. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, hmm. But that's where the you know whole deal with the unsighted kings. Very cool. Excellent. I knew I wasn't going crazy. <laughs> but now we know. Alrighty, guys. Um... I guess that covers it for this episode. We're going to do a a smaller part B coming up um soon. And then after that, I think we're going to we're going to take a small break from the scouring of Nostromo. Um But Dave, Jason, do you have anything else to add? Uh yeah. Um we're leaving Nostromo in over the next couple of episodes, but we'll definitely be back uh, considering Crusade just dropped and there's so much more Night Lords action in there. Definitely got to be some connecting bridges in there and we will find them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I couldn't have said it better. So I'm already like deep in the book right now looking at um, some of the you know, points where storyline might intersect. But uh, guys, if you have, you know, thoughts or anything you want to share with us, uh, feel free to hit us up on all the social media sites. I don't know, Pat, you know, all that stuff. So Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, um, Podbean. If you're a patron, hit us up on Patreon. Um, Do we have a Visco? <laughs> <laughs> MySpace. I'm still working on MySpace. It's it's a new new platform from what the kids are telling me. I've heard um, good things. Yeah, I've heard real good things. I've heard it's uh not as buggy as Facebook. That would be a welcome relief. Or not as many ads. Which is kind of funny and ironic because if, if you were in that demographic that did have a Facebook like myself, um you will know that it was covered in ads. But, Good times all mm-hmm. around. Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk at you next time. Now, fuck off, Craig. Later, Craig. <laughs>